Since the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic, global health systems have been challenged like never before. As time and resources were directed towards responding to the virus, it was the dedication of healthcare workers that kept services running. Amongst the uncertainty, our hardworking Queensland clinicians have continued their pursuit of excellence, innovating and adapting the way they work to ensure consumers always receive the best care possible. To them, the pandemic was an opportunity to learn and grow and to ensure healthcare delivery continues to evolve to the ever-changing landscape. Because if we've learned anything from the last two years, it is that things will always change and our clinicians will always rise to the occasion. The corporate world transitioned quickly to working from home and endless video chats when the pandemic struck. The transition for our healthcare system, while keeping patients at the forefront, was much more complex. How did our clinicians manage to keep hospitals open and functioning for those who needed them, meet the potential demands of COVID surges, and transition care safely where possible? While I would say dedication and a little creativity, I'll defer to them. So Karina and I are demonstrating that no matter where you are in Queensland and whatever service you, context you are from, we have a framework that improved every aspect of our service delivery and may help your service and team. Also, we are showing that how we utilise this as the pandemic changed practice. So AMIAL stands for Assertive Mobile Youth Outreach Service, and these outreach teams manage very high risk and difficult to engage young people and families with severe mental health challenges. And we are using the adaptive metalisation-based integrative treatment, also known as AMBIT, as a clinical framework. And it was developed at the Anna Freud Centre in London. This is the AMBIT wheel, and central to the AMBIT wheel is mentalising, that is, reflective practice. It's not rocket science, in fact, it may be harder than rocket science, to keep the wheel in balance and support reflective thinking in our patients, our families, their networks, ourselves and our teams. Of note, AMBIT can be used in any service context, not just mental health teams. Rocket science has become the yardstick for describing mind-blowingly complicated, risky, clever, creative and daring work. But Richard Branson and his team have it quite easy. They do not work in circumstances in which frontline mental health workers have to, and more so with them the challenges pandemics throw at you. So AMIOS has 14 teams within 12 HHSs, as well as a statewide team. And AMBIT is a framework that has helped us focus and maintain flexibility in maintaining connection, as I said, of our clinical staff to our patients and their carers, to our teams, to networks around the young people, and adapting and learning. The emerging research shows COVID has impacted on the mental health of all cohorts. In young people, there has been worsening mental health wellbeing, increase in depressive symptoms, increased use of substances to cope, and increased suicidal ideation. As well, frontline clinical staff have experienced increased stress and worsened mental wellbeing. AMIOS patients and families are particularly vulnerable to developing an increase in mental health symptoms. With technology, our teams across the state have been able to share learnings, including transitioning quickly to texting young people and learning through lockdown of how to remain connected to our high-risk young people and families. 
as I've mentioned, we've also used this framework to keep us literally on the road and moving and navigating different processes across the state through shared experiences of different HHSs. Thanks, Michael. I'm going to talk a little bit about how we did some of the things that, some of the practical and strategies, practical aspects and strategies that we used underpinning the AMBIT framework to sort of keep us on the road, if you like, with some of the changes with COVID. So some of the first things that I think is really important is that we're community-based teams and a lot of the emphasis at the beginning of the pandemic was very much around the hospital and how you navigated PP&E in hospital situations. We had to really think about that in the community. We go to families um, and we see vulnerable young people who are sometimes homeless. Um, we're an outreach service. We had to put in place uh, systems that would actually help us navigate what do you do if someone in the household that you're visiting is unwell? How do you manage turning up to somebody's house in PPE or going to a park or transporting young people, which was a big part of our role is to sort of transport young people to different venues because we work in such a sort of complex system um, sort of framework. We were able to sort of use our thinking together as services to sort of navigate some of that so that we were able to put in place strategies that would help us managing young people in the community. It was very overwhelming for our young people initially coming to the house in PPE. I think they've got used to it now, but a lot of the young people thought we were coming to the house with COVID because we were wearing masks or then they had COVID because we were wearing masks. And, you know, what would their neighbours think when we rock up in sort of our full PPE equipment at the beginning? And that was sort of back in last year. That has settled down, but we still are struggling to navigate a little bit with our young people. About 30% have underlying language and neurodevelopmental disorders. So it's quite hard when you're masked up to be able to communicate effectively. So we've had to really adapt the way that we do things visually and communicate in a sort of a different way. But one of the benefits that we have had is particularly because we're statewide and we're connected, the learnings that we had in the southeast, we've had a lot more lockdowns in this area, were really helpful when our northern areas went into lockdown. So since this started, our learnings, we had troubleshooting sheets, we've been able to share with Townsville and Cairns who went into lockdown after that we had and transitioned really effectively with our learnings. The other thing that we did is, in terms of staying connected as a team, it's really important to enhance our communication. So we immediately changed to tracking live data. So we built some dashboards, that's just an example of some of our dashboards, state dashboards and individual HHS dashboards that looked at our changes, things like ED presentations, our inpatient admissions, diagnoses, and any changes that we're tracking over time with our diagnostic kind of um, categories, as well as gender and some of the interventions that we were having to use and adapt to as part of the, the pandemic emerged. Then we do something as part of the AMBIT framework. There's a, there's a tool called Thinking Together where you put clinicians into buddies uh, across the state and they were able to use the Thinking Together tool when they had lost the sort of mentalising, when things became sort of overwhelming and very complicated. The Thinking Together is just a, a really simple and effective strategy to help people regroup their mentalising and be able to sort of solve a situation and work through and feel kind of connected to that teammate. We found that really helpful. We use that a lot in navigating sort of complex cases and complex situations that happen out in the community that particularly can involve things like safety. Probably some of our biggest transition though was within the, um, with our young people and their families. So we, because we're an outreach service, we actually fortunately already have iPads and phones available. So we were able to transition really quickly to technology with our group. So we immediately started texting more to sort of connect with our young people. We did offer online telehealth services. Interestingly, our young people haven't been very keen for that at all, but our families have. So we have a, an MBT parenting group that was 
run on that was run face to face and was evaluated very successfully and we converted that online when the pandemic initially hit and we've evaluated that and found it's just as effective and in fact the parents actually prefer it because the, it cuts down on the same commute time of getting into the clinic that's been really helpful because it's helped our northern teams where although they haven't been impacted the same way we have with COVID, they're impacted by distance. And so being able to have an online program that's as valid as a face-to-face -face program has been really helpful for a lot of our northern teams who don't have the, you know, sometimes their families have to drive an hour and a half into the clinic to, to see them. So it's been a really effective way and we're trying both mixed methods, if you like, as our sort of a next research sort of endeavour around that particular parenting program. But we also quickly decided that we needed to transfer our learning to our young people and collect real data from our young people. So we've set up an online platform that's on all our iPads um, under REDCap and we now collect patients' experience data from our young, young people. It can be every session or it can be every couple of sessions. They work very closely with their clinician and because it's an assertive outreach, we do see them two, two or three times a week. And then we collect every three months a recovery and assessment scale that is put into visuals for the young person and fed back to them to help us sort of plan their goals for the next three months. The young people have loved this. They've loved giving the feedback. We weren't sure because we have, I guess, young people who sometimes have um, engagement issues with services generally. We weren't sure if they would, what they think about confidentiality and trust and, and those sort of aspects of, of doing something like an, a, a platform where they put their information into it. They have loved it. They've absolutely loved it. They love the feedback. They love giving the feedback, positive and negative. And we've found that's been a really, this is something we probably wouldn't have done so quickly had it not been for COVID and just the ability to get online quickly and get sort of approvals done a little bit faster. In terms of staff, the AMBIT model helped us really underpin, it puts teams at the centre, so your team is as important as your, your delivery of services, um, your families and networks and your stakeholders. So what we did with staff is we've, our, our learnings have been very much around burnout. We increased our team meetings to keep connected across the state. We do check-ins at local level and at state levels and we run fortnightly supervision across the state with all teams. We also have a lot of fun. We ran a, a, a sort of three minutes around the state at the end of last year that, that everyone did a video for and it was outrageously hilarious and you won the plates as a prize, which was th a thrilling prize. And we just have a lot of humour to stay connected. When we can, we did in that photos from May this year where we had an in-person catch-up where all the teams came down and we were able to look at sort of all our underpinning framework and share the learnings from each HHS. And we found that we had to really ensure and structure in leave. So a lot of the staff were not taking leave last year because they were holding off until COVID went away and they were planning on overseas trips. We have a lot of staff that aren't necessarily from Queensland. And in the end, we had to really talk about, you know, managing leave and people didn't realise how, how much they needed the leave until they actually took it. And that was a lot of the feedback once they took some leave. Uh, but most importantly, we, we collect feedback from our stakeholders, our young people, our families, our sort of other um, services that we work with to inform our learning. One, one of the quadrants of the Ambit Wheel is learning at work and learning together. So these are some quotes. We keep a registry that comes through of compliments and complaints. And these are some of the quotes that are, are directly from that. We've changed some names. But, you know, uh, I guess looking at the mobility of the service and how, how helpful that is going out to people in and travelling to their environment, you know, managing really at-risk young people who, as the data says, in COVID, 15 to 17-year-olds, which is right in our pocket, were, are, the, are some of the most affected by the pandemic and particularly those that already have an existing mental illness. So there was a huge transition as managing really high-risk young people in the community. 
from the families, you know, maintaining function of some of the young people and supporting them to keep jobs and maintain work, which can be really challenging in these times generally, especially when you've got extra sort of challenges in place, like holding masks. A lot of our young people don't like wearing masks. They find it quite quite difficult so navigating all those is quite quite a challenge we also get feedback from some of our stakeholders you know we work closely with child safety youth resis youth detention and this was from one of our youth resi teams who sort of acknowledged formally wanted to acknowledge one of our staff for supporting a young person in the resi at, at the time that was very complex so we have found that staying connected has been underpinned by the framework. So the pandemic has had a big impact on this clinical group. It's complex and hard to reach. Um, we've had to manage processes and change quite dynamically. But what we've found is having a coherent framework across the state has made a massive difference in maintaining and actually enhancing clinical care. Now with some of the direct feedback, some of the offers on online therapy and services, but also being able to make sure that the learnings in one area can support learnings and change in another area. And sometimes that's COVID related and sometimes it hasn't been. It's about the technology and the enhancement of technology that's really supported some of our more regional and remote areas. And it is possible, even a really complex group, to use technology to manage high-risk outreach services. So I think the AMBIT model has really supported our ability to manage complexity, to manage change and challenge and to adapt fast. And holding all four quadrants has been really important. It's not just the focus on what we do with the young person, it's about supporting the team, the networks, and being able to adapt and change and learn has really underpinned, I think, our transition through a really difficult 18 months at this point. So yeah, that's AMBIT, thank you. As always, thank you for listening to our podcast and taking the time to learn about the wonderful work of Queensland's frontline clinicians. To continue the conversation, head on over to Facebook and let us know of any pockets of excellence you think deserve to be showcased. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Clinical Excellence Queensland.